Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Got a big weekend this weekend. Really? Yeah, are you going to dress up? No. Well, I mean, I am going to dress. I, I will be wearing clothes this weekend. Cl- wearing clothes? So basically, we need to come and soap your windows, it sounds like. <laughs> All tricks for you, no treats. Yeah, but we actually have something bigger than that this weekend also. What, what could be bigger than candy? Well, we're going to get to worship God with our brothers and sisters on Sunday. Yes. And so we'd love to invite people to come out and join us. You can find out all the information about that at christiansmeethere.org. Fantastic. We'd love for you to go and log on to the website, get all the information you need. We are finishing up our conversations, reading through Matthew 8 today. What's our reading, Edwin? I'm going to read verse 28 all the way through 34. That's the end of the chapter, Matthew 8, 28 through 34, and I will be reading from the English Standard Version. When he came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go! So they came out and went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. The herdsmen fled, and going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. What an account. Uh, We talked about yesterday the storm that was stilled, apparently, as they traveled across uh, the Sea of Galilee that night, which is a, a large lake down to really sort of the, uh, sort of the southern and western uh, coast of the sea. And uh, who should they come to when they come ashore but these two demon-possessed men who apparently made travel very, very difficult, uh, said no one could pass by them. You shall not pass. It makes me wonder what kind of sort of wild uh, strength that they might have had. Uh, You know, their ability perhaps even to break chains when people would try to. um... Well, I think one of the things we see in this is that as demons had a power. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they have a power, though yeah. I believe the scripture teaches there's not demon possession today. It, it's another one of those things that demonstrated even what we talked about with the faith of the centurion, that there is a spiritual world. We right. live in a spiritual cosmos. There is a supernatural aspect to this cosmos in which we live, this heavens and earth in which we dwell. And we see here some of that interaction. And even the demons, even though they're not God and they're Mm -hmm. not angels, they have a power uh, as they enter into these human beings. Well, and I I don't want to be like a, a hammer and a nail here, but this is the second time where we've seen recognition of the inherent authority of Jesus. Yes. From an unexpected source. Okay, so the first time is this Gentile centurion making a point, and he's like, wow, I've I've never seen such faith among you Israelites. And now you've got demons, call him the son of God, 
recognize that wherever he sends them, that's where they're going to go. And so, you know, they're asking about maybe this herd of swine. Making a request. Yeah, because once you tell us where to go, we're going there. We're we, going we're, there. We're not going to be able to avoid wherever it is that you send us. You know, it's the disciples in the boat are wondering, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey his voice? But the centurion is starting to get it. The demons clearly get it. We're dealing with the Son of God. We're dealing with the Lord right here on earth. No matter how you cut it, this is just an odd story. Sure. I I know we all come to this, and it blows our mind that Jesus seems to be so unconcerned about someone's private property that he will allow the demons to go into the pigs and rush off into the ocean. What? No what now? What? Well, we I when I hear people <laughs> complain about this, I hear people push back against this paragraph that Jesus, how come he didn't respect people's private property? Have you never heard anybody say that? About respect. Well, I guess I've never heard it put quite that way. Yeah, you, I hear these pigs, it's these herds that these people, people own people and Jesus get upset doesn't care that that pigs might die that that somebody's pigs that they own. It's their property. They're not oh. just wild pigs. They're 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 herds of pigs. Well, they're, that's, you know. that's kind of grossly inappropriate to have a herd of pigs in, in Israel, isn't it? Well, I might <laughs> think that's the case. I might think that is the case. Here's what I think. You got uncleanness all over this thing. I mean, I will say Absolutely. that. You got uh, guys living among tombs. That's unclean. That's unclean. You got demons. Unclean. They're, they're unclean. The pigs are nearby. Unclean. Unclean. This is all really unclean, unholy. Where do we start this chapter? A fellow who is a leper who had to call out, unclean. Unclean. And if you if you will, I'll yeah. be clean. And he's, he says, yeah. I'm willing. I want you to be clean. We come to the end of the chapter, and here's these two fellows uh, seemingly unable to even ask for relief themselves, but they are unclean. Mm. Boy, I, I haven't even thought about these parallels about this uncleanness through here, but basically as we begin the chapter and as we end the chapter, sometimes in order to cleanse us, Jesus gets rid of our leprosy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in order to cleanse us, Jesus gets rid of our pigs. Mm. Yeah. And um, I mean, we all want to get rid of the leprosy, right? Yes, we do. But we don't want to get rid of those pigs. Mm-hmm. And of course, I understand that we do discover that under the new covenant, Jesus makes clean all foods. Pigs are not unclean for us under the new covenant. I get that. But in the context of where Jesus is right now, Mm -hmm. in order for these folks to be cleansed, he casts out demons and he destroys these pigs. Yes, he does. But I think there's more to this than maybe some of the speculating we might do. I actually think just like we recognized with the stormy sea, there is... There's actually a biblical passage that Jesus is allowing the scenario to remind us about. Mm -hmm. It's in Isaiah chapter 65. I'd like to read it. I'm going to read Isaiah 65 verses 1 through 7. Here's what he says. This is the English Standard Version again. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that was not called by my name. I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and making offerings on bricks, who sit in tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat pig's flesh and broth of tainted meat is in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me for I am too holy for you. 
These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their lap both your iniquities and your father's iniquities together, says the Lord, because they made offerings on the mountains and insulted me on the hills. I will measure into their lap payment for their former deeds. So by the end of that reading, I see that they are given over to idolatry and they have forsaken God. Let's just real quick. I want to make the connection because Paul tells us the idols of men are demons. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. That's so right. demons. Yeah, all right. Demons. What, yeah. what, what were you going to say next? Well, I in the description here of this uh, forsaking God, we see that Jesus is making himself aware and known to people that weren't even seeking him. Here I am. Yeah, here, here I, I am. am. These here people am. aren't seeking him. But here I am. But here I am. Yeah. So we've got demons. We've got yeah. Jesus making himself known to people mm-hmm. who weren't looking for him. What else? Well, overtly, people sitting among the tombs. <laughs> people sitting among tombs. And eating swine flesh, eating it swine says. Flesh. In verse 4. Yeah. And then they ask him to leave. That's right. We, we don't want you. We don't want you. Now, in Isaiah, it's because we're too holy for you. Yeah. But uh, we don't need you. We don't want you. The people have come out and seen what Jesus has done, and they're sending him away. This story should remind us of Isaiah 65. Mm-hmm. He has come to a people not known by his name who aren't seeking him. He is trying to call them, but they are rebellious. They are involved in things that are opposed to his will. And uh, there's there's idolatry. There's demons. There's tombs. There's pig's flesh. And we're going to ask you to leave. And all of this is about coming judgment. I will tell you that this response is is one of the most curious things to me. That uh, where we see in these other miracles in this chapter, people want to sign on and follow him and the multitudes come. Here's a incredible demonstration of power and deliverance, but the response is to reject him. A lot of times people will say, boy, if I saw a miracle today, if I saw a sign today, that well, that would convert me and then I'd be a Christian. There, there were people in that day that saw amazing signs, and they rejected him and sent him away. Well, if being cleansed means getting rid of my leprosy, I want to follow you. But if being cleansed means getting rid of my pigs, could you just leave me alone? The cost was too high, you say, this cost of discipleship. This cost of discipleship on this narrow and this difficult, narrow, difficult path. Way, and not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, but those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, here mm-hmm. we've got people relaxing the commands of the Lord. Maybe there's two, maybe even there's two servants here about serving God and serving mammon and their their desire for the pigs goes along with the mammon and why you'd even have herds there. Exactly. So you cannot have two masters. Mm -hmm. One takes precedence and they had a master. Their master was the the, pigs. The pigs. Well, (laughs) the money that the pigs represented. I, I think part of that is in the history. You're starting to get into a region called the Decapolis, which is a collection of 10 cities or 10 towns, had a high Gentile population. You know, it's just, you know, and maybe these are more Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, back back in Isaiah 65. Which would go along with Isaiah 65. People not looking for him. Yes, 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 yes. However, you know what? Let's go ahead and keep reading in Isaiah 65. Now I'm going to start in verse 8. Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. So I will do for my servant's sake and not destroy them all. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and from Judah, possessors of my mountains. My chosen shall possess it, and my servant shall dwell there. Sharon shall become a pasture for flocks in the valley of Achor, a place for herds to lie down. For my people who have sought me, 
But you who forsake the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who set a table for fortune and fill cups of mixed wine for destiny, I will destine you to the sword. And all of you shall bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not listen. When, But you did what was evil in my eyes and chose what I did not delight in. What we find is that in Isaiah 65, there is judgment, but there's also hope. There's actually a distinction. Mm. There's judgment for those who push, push God away. away. There judgment, there's uh, blessing and salvation and deliverance for those who seek him. What we find here in this story of these two demon-possessed men is this contrast between those who have been seeking and those who are pushing away. Mm-hmm. And you know, the interesting thing is, they say leave, what does Jesus do? He left, didn't he? He leaves. Because this is this is how God judges. God gives us what we ask for. Mm-hmm. If I keep pushing Jesus away, do you know what he's eventually going to do? Yeah. He's going to go. He's going to go. And and But the thing I need to understand is that's going to mean judgment for me. Right. So whatever I'm holding on to, what, whatever it is that's causing me to say, Jesus, I don't want you. You're asking too much. You're taking too much. Being cleansed by you costs too much. And so I'm going to choose this other thing. You know, it it is what we said about the two ways in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. I can choose my path, but I can't change the destination of it. Mm -hmm. If I choose not to walk with the king, I'm going to death and destruction. Mm -hmm. It's only when I choose to walk with the king that I get life. That sin and uncleanness, it was perished in the water. The way perished. <laughs> the way perished. Along with the pigs. Yeah, along with the pigs. Lots of connections. Lots of connections. Lots of connections. <laughs> well, the week well, is over. But I know it is. I, I, there's, there's one thing that we keep forgetting to say, and I want to make sure we say it as we wrap up the week. There are folks, Andrew, who tell us that Jesus never actually claimed to be God. Yeah, you're right about in that. In these gospel accounts. They they want to repaint Jesus as you know a prophet or something less than God, and they say, well, he never, he never came out and said it. And here's my response to that. Uh, okay, maybe he never claimed, came out and said it, which actually I think he did. Actually but, he did. But this chapter, basically Jesus has said in every story of this chapter, do you really need me to say it out loud or do my actions just speak for themselves? Yeah, and when everyone uh, calls him Lord and Son of God. He and worship him. He, and worship him. He doesn't correct anybody. No. He doesn't correct anybody. So he either is that, the Lord, the Son of God, or he's a, a blasphemer and a madman. And he fulfills Isaiah 65. He fulfills Psalm 107. He's greater than Jonah. I, I think he's saying, d- d- guys, do you need me to spell this out for you? Yeah. Have I got a spoon feed you? Or can you not just figure yeah. out who I am? He is the Lord. He is the Son of God. Let's wrap up this week with a prayer, brother. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this week that we've been able to to, to talk about and read through Matthew chapter 8 to see these incredible demonstrations of power in Jesus Christ, showing us again and again that he is the Lord, that he is the Deliverer. Father, we are overjoyed to read along in these miracles of, of healings and of deliverance of those that are uh, ill or troubled being made whole. We see, Father, how all of it is leading toward the true health, salvation of souls, and spiritual healing through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, we might live this day remembering and confessing Jesus is Lord, the Son of God, in our words and our deeds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.